بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation of عمده الاحكام and we have reached reached hadith 48 عن علي بن ابي طالب رضي الله عنه ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يوم الخندق narrated Ali bin Abi Talib may Allah be pleased with him that on the day of the Khandaq which is the trench the day of the trench the battle of the trench the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said the Prophet sallallahu said let Allah fill there the infidels houses and graves with fire, just as they have prevented us from offering the middle prayer, al-asr prayer, till the sun had set. And in the same narration, but from Abdullah bin Mas'ud, as in Sahih Muslim, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, on the day of the battle of the Ahzab, the Confederates, they diverted us from saying the middle prayer, meaning the asr prayer. May Allah fill their houses and graves with fire. He then observed this prayer between the evening prayer and the night prayer. Now, the narrators are two. Abdullah, Ali bin Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him, and we gave his biography uh, when we discussed hadith number 23. And the second narrator is Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And also we explained his biography in hadith number 44. In hadith number 44. What is the subject matter of this hadith? This hadith is to show the ruling on making up a missed prayer. And what is the middle prayer? What is the middle prayer? This hadith defines what is the middle prayer. And also it gives the ruling on making up a missed salah. So in this hadith, the narrator is mentioned on the day of Al-Khandaq, the trench. It is called as such because the Prophet dug this trench around the Medina city from its northern side. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, did this around Medina to protect it from the attack by the Ahzab, the confederates, who gathered to battle the Prophet, they gathered 10,000 fighters and this took place in the month of Shawwal the 4th or 5th year after the Hijrah the 10th month of the Islamic calendar after Hijrah and the outcome was the victory of the Prophet ﷺ and the believers over the confederates, the Ahzab And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent upon them the wind and his soldiers 
after they stayed almost one month around Medina. So these confederates gathered from the tribe of Quraysh and others. And who incited them? Who instigated them? Who urged them to do this? They were the Jews. They were the Jews from the tribe of An-Nudayr. They were the Jews from the tribe of An-Nudayr. Whom the Prophet ﷺ expelled from Medina because they breached their covenant. Because of their breach of the covenant with the Prophet ﷺ. So when the Prophet ﷺ heard of the plans of the Ahzab, of the Confederates, he consulted with his companions. May Allah be pleased with him as to what should be done. So, one of the companions, Salman al-Farisi, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, suggested the digging of the trench, al-Khandaq. So, the Prophet, والسلام, commanded his companions to do that. And so, they dug it from the northern side of Medina, because it is the open site in the direction of the enemies between the east and western Harra areas of the Medina and the depth reached almost seven arm spans and its width was to the extent that it would not allow the enemies to pass it all of this was prepared before the Ahzab came before the confederates of Quraysh and the other tribes came. So when they came there, they were astonished because this was not known to the Arabs then, this idea of trenches. So they scattered their units along the side of the trench and directed uh, a major unit and a great unit of their troops in the direction of the Prophet ﷺ. In this hadith, in this hadith, Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that these confederates they diverted the Prophet ﷺ from the attention to offer the middle prayer and prevented us from offering the middle prayer and so he did not pray it until the sun had set and due to that he ﷺ invoked Allah to fill their graves and their houses with fire because of them preventing him from offering the middle prayer. Then afterwards he prayed it between Maghrib and Aisha. As to the narration of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, Abdullah bin Mas'ud mentioned that they prevented the Prophet ﷺ from performing the Asr prayer 
during its time of choice, the chosen time, the prescribed, until the sun turned red or yellow. There, the Prophet ﷺ invoked Allah to fill their bellies on their graves with fire. There is a problem here. There is a problem in the narrations. As you can tell, in the hadith of Ali, please listen carefully, in the hadith of Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said that the mushriks prevented the Prophet ﷺ from Salat al-Asr until the sun had set and so he prayed the Asr between Maghrib and Isha while in the hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud it said that he, they prevented and diverted the Prophet ﷺ from offering the Asr prayer when? until the sun became red or it became yellow so how can we reconcile this? How can we reconcile this? This is reconciled by either of the following ways. This is reconciled by either one of the following ways. First is to say that this prevention was not on one day, was not done on one day, on the same day, but in two days. And so each narrator reported what he saw. And so each narrator reported what he saw. The second is to say that the end of the diversion was when the sun turned red or yellow. The end of the diversion was when the, set, when the sun turned red or yellow. While the Salah took place after Maghrib. Why? Because they were busy before Maghrib making wudu and getting ready for salah. This is the second reconciliation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Most High, knows best. Now, to the benefits of this hadith. The points of benefit. First, this hadith shows the great importance that the Prophet ﷺ gives to Salah and the great impact and effect upon him for missing its time for missing its time yes this is the first benefit second that the time of choice of Asr is before the sun turns yellow and the third 
the merit of Salat al-Asr and that it is as-Salat al-Wusta. Fourth, the hastening to make up the missed Salah. The hastening to make up the missed Salah. And fifth, the permissibility to make dua, invoke Allah against the transgressor in the same way related to his transgression in the like of his transgression. The sixth point of benefit that the preferred matter when it comes to making dua against the transgressor is to also make clear the reason for making dua against him. Why? So that one wards off the accusation of transgression against him, against the invoker. The number five, the permissibility to make dua against the transgressor in the like of his transgression. This is the fifth benefit. Permissibility to make dua against the transgressor in the light of his transgression or in the like of his transgression. The seventh. Permissibility to delay the salah from its prescribed time in the case of battle. In the case of the battle, of the fight. However, however, this is said to be abrogated by the Salah of fear. However, this is abrogated. It is said to be abrogated by the Salah of fear. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Most High knows best. One should mention always, as we mentioned earlier, that the person must hasten to do the salah in its early time unless the sunnah indicates otherwise or unless there are situations which would prompt delaying the time like for example like for example a person may be excused may be excused under certain situations to perform the salah even after the sun turns yellow. Like if food is presented to him and he has the urge to eat. Then in this case he eats even when the time is, when the salah is, when the asr, when the sun is yellow, so he may delay it till after that to finish his meal. Also, from this situation, for example, if he is under intense pressure due to 
the urge to urinate or defecate then in this case he delays the salah even if it will be until after the sun turns yellow because if he prays after the sun is yellow and before it's set before it's setting then he is still in time he is still in time of Asr now case in the hadith which we discussed last time the hadith of Abdullah bin Amr in that hadith he said وَوَقْتُ الْعَصْرِ مَا لَمْ تَصْفَرَّ الشَّمْسُ He said that the time of Asr is as long as the sun has not become yellow. So this indicates that the time extends until it becomes yellow. While in another narration... In another narration, in another hadith, the Prophet said, إِلَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونَ ظِلُّ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مِثْلَهُ Until the shade of an object, the height, the shade of the height of the object, becomes double its height, becomes double its height. So how can we reconcile these two narrations? The answer is either to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala added more information regarding the timing or to say that the beginning of the sun turning yellow is from the time when the shade of the object becomes double its height. This is another way of reconciling it. Also, it is possible to reconcile by saying that most likely when the shade of an object is double its height then the sun turns yellow then the sun turns yellow and through this their the reconciliation inshallah ta'ala is achieved let's go to the next hadith please hadith number 49 still under the prescribed times of salah Hadith number 49 Hadith number 49 عن عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال أعتم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بالعشاء فخرج عمر فقال الصلاة يا رسول الله رقد النساء والصبيان فخرج رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ورأسه يقطر يقول لولا أن أشق على أمتي أو على الناس لأمرتهم بهذه الصلاة هذه الساعة ok 
Okay, here's the text, inshallah. Now, uh, in this hadith, once the Prophet ﷺ delayed the Isha'i prayer to such an extent that the people slept and got up and slept again and got up again. This is the narration from Abdullah bin Umar. Uh, then Umar bin Khattab I stood up and reminded the Prophet of the prayer radiallahu ta'ala and who stood up and reminded the Prophet of the prayer Okay, and Ibn Abbas said the Prophet came out as if I was looking at him at, at this time and water was trickling from his head and he was putting his hand on his head and then said hadn't I thought it had for it had it hadn't I thought it hard for my followers, I would have ordered them to pray the Aisha prayer at this time. This is from the way of Abdullah bin Umar, but the narration here is from Abdullah bin Abbas. And the same meaning that Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu came to remind the Prophet وسلم, of the Salah. And he said, As-Salah, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, the Salah. Uh, the women and uh, children went to bed, went to sleep. So the Messenger وسلم, came out, and water was trickling from his head. And he said, and he was putting his hand on his head, and then said, Hadn't I fought it hard for my followers, I would have ordered them to pray the Isha prayer at this time. Winning at this time when it was too dark. When it was too dark. This is the narration of Abdullah bin Abbas. And Abdullah bin Abbas's biography was given earlier in Hadith 16. What is the subject matter of the Hadith? This Hadith is to explain the ruling on delaying Salat al-Isha from its early time. So it was a time when the Prophet stayed till after the disappearance of the twilight going into the first one-third of the night, the third of the night, and that's when it was dark. So Umar... came out, meaning from the masjid or from his place in the row, and he said that the salah has been delayed to the extent that those unable to stay late like the woman and the children already went to sleep. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ to remind him and also he put an excuse before he mentioned anything that it is because of the woman and the children. So the Prophet ﷺ came out with his head uh, trickling, water trickling from his head. And he made it clear that had it not been a hardship on the Ummah, he would have, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
ordered that the salah be delayed to the third of the night. In this hadith, there are the following benefits. First, that it is preferred to delay the Salat al-Isha to the third of the night, if this is not a hardship upon people. Second, the respect of the companions, the respect the companions had for the Prophet ﷺ, such that no one of them came to lead the prayers, because he was late. The next benefit. The permissibility of women and children to attend the congregational prayer in the masajid. This is the general permissibility. And there are conditions to that. To mention, for example, that with the case of the woman, she doesn't come up uh, perfumed or a fitna for others, for herself and for others. And rulings with respect to the children in the masajid are such that they don't disturb the people during the salah, and that the musalli should keep the children close to him in the row, keep them in check, and other things. But this is just to go briefly on that. The third benefit. The permissibility to sleep before the Isha for someone who is overwhelmed by the sleep, taken, overtaken by the sleep, if he does not fear that he is not going to, if he does not fear missing the prayers, if he does not fear missing the prayers. So in this case, the person should make precautions. In case he is overwhelmed, then he should check with others so as to wake him up and use and or use the current uh, means of alarms so as to make sure not to miss the salah. From the benefits, the permissibility to go and remind the Imam and call him to the Salah, even if he is an elderly person, in case he is late, even if he is an elderly person, in case he is late. The benefit from delaying the Salah until the third of the night commences is that in this case it will become closer to the latter part of the night and the latter part of the night is better than its early part when it comes to Salah. And that's why its delayment is better. However, if there is hardship, then making it in the beginning of the time takes precedence in case of hardship. 
as evident from the statement of the Prophet والسلام, had it not been a hardship. Now, the saying of the Prophet والسلام, and the latter part is better. Is better. The latter part is better than the latter part of the night is better than the early part of the night when it comes to salah. Yeah, that's what I was mentioned. Now, the next benefit is that the Prophet ﷺ may be independent in legislation. Because he said, had it not been a hardship or it's hard for my followers, I would have ordered them to pray Aisha at its at this time, the delayed time. And one must know that the legislation by the Prophet وسلم, is considered as a legislation from Allah if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala approves it. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala approves it. However, if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exerts ishtihad, makes ishtihad, exerts effort, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not approve him on it, then the matter is clear. In the case, as an example, in the case of the permit which he gave to those who asked permission from the hypocrites before the matter was clear, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the Prophet ﷺ telling him in Surah At-Tawbah, not in approval, in 943, <laughs> حتى يتبين لك الذين صدقوا وتعلم الكاذبين عفى الله عنك لما أذنت لهم حتى يتبين لك الذين صدقوا وتعلم الكاذبين In Surah At-Tawbah, Chapter 9, Verse 43 قال الله تعالى May Allah forgive you O Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم Why did you grant them leave for remaining behind you should have persisted as regards your order to them to proceed on jihad until those who told the truth were given by you in a clear light and you had known the liars. The next benefit is the clemency of the Prophet and his kindness regarding his ummah and that he loves for them that which is easy. And that's why when he sent the delegations for da'wah, he saw وسلم, commanded them to make things easy and not to make things difficult and to give glad tidings and not to turn people off for you were sent as muyassireen, people to make things easy and you were not sent muassireen, you were not sent muassireen to make things difficult as in the hadith reported by al-Bukhari rahimahullah. 
and that he, sallallahu alayhi wa whenever he had the chance or the choice between two matters, except that he chose that which is easier as long as it is not a sin, as reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And this brings the end of the points of benefit for this hadith. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit for myself and to all of you. Wa jazakumullahu khairan wa barakallahu fikum.